You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily podcast on the Dallas Cowboys, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can find me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today is Landon McCool. You can follow him on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also check him out on the Best Coast Boys podcast. Uh, Landon is podcasting uh, on vacation. Are you enjoying yourself, Landon? I am live from the Locked On Cowboys studios in beautiful Dallas, Texas right now. Uh, yeah, getting prepped for the holiday. Uh, I am, yeah, this is vacation, Landon. Like, let's be clear. Like, I am off the next two and a half weeks. Uh, so, uh, this is, this is, this is the easy breezy version of Landon, which I don't, I, I actually don't know that that's any different than the regular version, really. It, it, are we going to get a better, uh, podcast performance from you because you're home and you're resting and all that kind of stuff? I don't know. We're going to find that, to, that together, Marcus. It's going to be a fun, right, fun adventure for all of us. <laughs> Let's go ahead and let's jump right into it. Today we are doing our preview of the Week 16 matchup for the Cowboys and Tampa Bay. And I want to go ahead and start with Tampa Bay's offense because they're really the story here. Um, Despite multiple quarterback changes uh, and a lot of injuries to their offensive line, Tampa Bay has one of the better offenses in the NFL. Uh, Jameis Winston will be starting this week. Uh, Deshaun Jackson will be back. But the guy that I want to start with is Mike Evans. Uh, Mike Evans is having a fantastic year. He's a, a unicorn type of player, uh, a guy that can, you know, is a big, fast. Landon, you didn't get that reference, by the way. It's okay. You, he, he's, a, he's a big, a big receiver who can go down the field and make plays. Uh, let's talk about these Buccaneers receivers. How do you anticipate the Cowboys trying to stop those guys this week? All right. First off, <laughs> let's just let the audience in. First, first of all, I didn't, I didn't laugh because I wasn't sure that's what you're talking about. I woke no, up. No, it this, absolutely was. I woke up this morning. I woke up this morning in my home, and my brother, I think. Or someone had left a unicorn head of, of a, like a you know costumed unicorn head that someone would put on their head in my room, and it scared the crap out of me. And I, I t- showed a picture of Marcus, uh, so he's uh, he's mocking my picture of my unicorn head, which I'm currently wearing. Um, no, I'm not. Uh, but yes, <laughs> to get to the larger football so point, good. Mike Evans is definitely a unicorn. I mean, I, I think that kind of. You know he he is taking the throne of of you know I'm sure the a long line of the physical monster at wide receiver. I mean I think you think about Megatron and, and guys like that. I think Mike yeah. Evans is, is that kind of player. He he play he's bigger than everybody else on the on the outside and in the defensive backfield and he's fast and he can get downfield and he can play above the rim and and he he's just a physical mismatch. Uh, and he has the skill set to kind of get the most out of what he has been given, you know, what what he has been provided by God. Um, he, and, uh, he's averaging 18 yards of reception this year. Yeah. 18. That is ridiculous crazy. for a, a number one receiver that just uh, vacuums targets in. So, I mean, just incredible season from Evans. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, that's there's your answer. You know, guys like Evans and Godwin and, and, and Deshaun Jackson are the reason that you can kind of shuttle. I mean, not that you should be doing this, but the reason they have shuttled in, you know, quarterback back and forth back and forth and had uh sustained success it seems like on offense because they have guys who are you know i've loved godwin coming out and 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 
uh, you know, with him being a number two to Evans and then Deshaun Jackson in there. Like when those three guys are healthy, that's that's quite a trio of playmakers that they have on the outside. And Adam Humphreys, their slot receiver, yeah. he's not your traditional, you know, quick slot receiver. He has a little bit more size to him. So with those four receivers and then on top, Cameron Brait, a guy that kind of got lost in the shuffle a little bit because of O.J. Howard's emergence. Uh, Brait is a guy that can yeah. get down the field and can make some plays. I think it was the last time the Cowboys played him. I think it was in 2016. Uh, Brait had a big game. Uh, he was able to get down the field. So just weapons galore for, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But the story for them comes down to their offensive line. It, it has not been a very good unit this year. Um, they have some injuries. Uh, Ali Marpet from Hobart, uh, a guy that I actually know pretty well, um, he's he's played pretty pretty good for them this season. But other than that, it's been kind of a, a mixed bag for Tampa Bay. So what do you see from this uh, Buccaneers offensive line, and how can the Cowboys maybe expose them this week? Yeah, I mean, obviously Marpet is the best player on that offensive line. Uh, and I think it could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure he's probably the guy with the highest pedigree too. I mean, what, where did he end up being ranked? I remember liking him a lot and him being like a second round guy, but is that where he ended yeah. up getting picked? The second yep. round, and I think he made. I think he made the Pro Bowl this year as well. Yeah, I, I like him a lot as a player, and I think he's a he's got a bright future. He's just one of those guys who's he's good at staying on his feet, great technique, and athletic. Um, but the rest of these guys are just dudes, you know. I mean, uh, Donovan Smith, I think has only had one kind of even standout season, and that was probably six years ago. Uh, you know, Jensen is a guy who had been a player, if, you know, for the – I think he'd been pretty decent these last three years. But I really, I mean, everything I've seen of him so far this year and just really everyone on that interior, when especially when Marpet's not playing – um, it's it's just not been good football for their offensive line, and um and so I think I'm going to assume that Jensen's a part of that as well, and and he's probably having a down year. Um, and I, I you know, Demar Dotson's a guy that I, I I think I feel like I study every time we play Tampa, and I don't like I don't know that I ever remember him from time to the, between those, between those different games. Like he's just, right. Right. He's just, a, he's kind of nondescript. And, and uh, so, but, uh, and again, like, I think if you look up average tackle and, you know, NFL average tackle, uh, he's probably there. He's a huge dude though. I mean, they got, I think he's like almost six ten. and he's very, very yeah, he's tall. Big. Um, so, but I, I think, you know, there's, there's, that kind of hype may very well play against him against a guy like Lawrence who can get low and can knows how to use leverage and so uh, yeah i think for the cowboys specifically i mean this is a good offense i mean they 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 can score points on everyone we've we faced some good offenses and obviously we shut down some good offenses but if we're going to stop this offense, I think, for the Cowboys, it, it's going to need to start up front. They're, the the defensive line is going to need to play a much better game, uh, and they're going to need to have a bounce-back game from what they had last week. Uh, just a couple things to kind of tie a bow on this offense. Um, Tampa Bay leads the league in giveaways. Jameis Winston and Ryan Fitzpatrick, they're going to throw you a couple balls every single week, and it's just whether or not you make a play on the ball. Um this it's an offense that loves to throw the ball down the field. So for me, in the way that I, if I was the Cowboys defensive coordinator, and please feel free to correct me if I'm wrong, I would play this the same way that Indianapolis played the Cowboys last week. Basically, dare them to run the ball 
and sustain long drives because Tampa Bay is an offense all season long that's relied on big plays. They are, I think, 24th in the league in 10-plus play drives. Um, they get very impatient, and when Winston gets impatient, uh, he starts to force things. And they don't have a very good running game. Peyton Barber is only averaging like 3.7 yards per carry. Uh, he is like 43, or 43% success rate. Uh, just not a very efficient running game. So it, does that make sense to, to basically back up your safeties a little bit and dare them to run the ball in this matchup? Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, cover two, keeping guys back there, not allowing anything to get behind you. Um, I think those are all key key elements. You got, like we mentioned, they have great wide receivers on the outside, so don't allow them the big plays down the field. Make the offense drive the length of the field. Uh, have to make play after play after play to continue the drives in order to keep things going. Uh, and like you mentioned, both Winston and, and uh, the Beard, God, I can't believe I just forgot his name for a second. Um, I have, Brian Fitzpatrick. Yeah, Fitzpatrick. <laughs> I just, I just you really are on vacation. I, just, I mean, dude, I, I, I've been day drinking since 8, 8 a.m. No, I'm just kidding. Um, no, it, it's... It's one of those things where, like, those guys on the outside can make plays. And then you add in O.J. Howard is, is on the rise. And I like Cameron Braid a, as well, a lot as well. But I also think that, like you mentioned, those guys are going to give the ball away. And, and, and if you are making them earn every snap, making them earn every yard, uh, you know, keeping it all in front of you, uh, that's really not James Winston's game, you know, uh, being consistent right. and being accurate over and over and over again and, and being able to, you know, consistently move the ball down the field when they're not allowing you chunk plays. I think that's something that, that you know, Tampa kind of live and dies on when you have guys like Evans and Humphreys and Godwin and, and just on Jackson, for God's sakes. I mean, you, you, you. These are guys that they're trying to get down the field to get big chunk plays because they have quarterbacks who can get the ball there. If you disallow that, if you keep it all in front of you, you let your linebackers cover everything underneath, you know, the the Cowboys allow a lot of completions. I mean, that's that's something that's, you know, not it's a feature, not a bug, really. I mean, it, it's, they right, want absolutely. they want you to keep, you know, if you're going to they're fine, they're fine with you completing five five yard passes all day because they'll tackle you instantly and you're not getting anything in more than that and then they'll take their chances that you can't convert third down after third down after third down which most teams can't so i think that that's you know that's basically the cowboys kind of you know overall bread and butter i mean that's that's what they want to do they 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 want to make you go the length there they want to do the bend don't break thing uh, and so that really plays into uh, uh, as a healthy way to try to stop Tampa Bay. All right, let's take a quick break, and we'll flip sides of the ball, and we'll talk a little bit about Tampa Bay's defense against the Cowboys' offense. This episode of the Locked On Cowboys podcast is sponsored by Action Heat. Action Heat makes the world's best battery-heated clothing. Heat on demand at the touch of a button. Control your environment with Action Heat. Action Heat clothing is engineered to safely and efficiently deliver heat via heating panels similar to those of a heated car seat. They can reach temperatures of up to 135 degrees and are powered by rechargeable 5-volt lithium-ion batteries that last up to 12 hours on a single charge. It's a perfect gift for any friend or family. It's great for anybody who works outdoors, skis, snowboards, hunts, anything like that. Anybody that hates the cold, you need to get them an Action Heat garment this Christmas season. Uh, for our listeners, we have a special deal to save 20% off your entire order 
Just go to actionheat.com slash locked on to check out everything Action Heat has to offer. That's actionheat.com slash locked on or use the coupon code locked on at the checkout to save 20%. Stay toasty warm while you enjoy all your outdoor activities this winter with Action Heat and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. Okay, Landon, let's talk about Tampa Bay's defense because they are intriguing to me at least. When you, you look at their front seven, man, they've got some really good players there. Uh, Gerald McCoy, obviously the all-pro defensive tackle. Uh, Vita Vea, our friend John Oning's <laughs> favorite player in the NFL. Uh, Carl, Carl Nassib has played well this year. Yeah. Jason Pierre-Paul has obviously had some good games against the Cowboys before. And even at the second level, Levante David, the, the game he played last week against Baltimore was one of the better games that I've seen from a linebacker this season. Uh, so let, let's talk about this front seven before we get to the secondary. Do, do they concern you at all in this matchup? Uh, you know, I think you can't. You the one thing that you have to worry about at this point now is Vita Vea and McCoy in the middle. I mean, that's especially with what, the way your offensive line is ailing up up front. Um, this is a, a concern. Now, I I like this matchup for a guy like Williams more than say. I don't want him getting isolated with Vita Via Vea, you know, like, I mean, I think right. the, the, the quickness of McCoy uh, is something that Williams, I think, will be more comfortable with than... Well, Williams might not be playing in this game. Zach Martin returned to practice today. So, you know, so is Suofilo definitely playing? Is that, I mean, I, I guess, like, uh, have, have they... That uh, would be, that's kind of my assumption, right? That I, they, It sounds like to me, and again, we're kind of just speculating here that yeah. Suofilo is going to be okay to play this week. And to me, that this is the one game that it probably does make more sense to play Suofilo over I, Yeah, Williams, I mean, right? I guess if we're talking about it like that, yeah, I mean, I wasn't sure if Martin was clear to come back. But if Martin does come back, I think then, yeah, you, you probably still keep Suofilo in there just because of you know how much they're going to need to deal with Vita Vea. You feel a little bit better about the whole situation, obviously. You feel better about the situation if Martin's there, obviously. It's just a matter of how the rest of the matchups work. But uh, getting back to the Bucks defense side of this, uh, no matter what, even with Martin back, I think you have concerns about that that those two guys in the inside, right? Because of uh, just the, Absolutely. the the talent disparity between playing your backup left guard even with Suofilo being the, you know, obviously a backup and then Looney is who is you know a fine player but he's not he's not Travis Frederick uh and then Zach, Zach uh, a very injured Zach Martin against you know an all-pro defensive tackle and a and an up-and-coming rookie so that's the area of concern I have the most um Carl Nassib's been a good player for them um that I think I think that's actually a pretty good matchup for Lael Collins, honestly. I mean, I, I think that as yeah, far I think as so too. the skill set-wise and the way he wants to win is are ways that Collins will be have be more comfortable with, I think. Um, and then Jason Pierre-Paul, I mean, this is not the same guy. Um, I mean, he's still a, uh, you know, a, a valuable piece. He's not a, a jag. He, I mean, he's, he's still a, probably a better-than-average player. But this is not... You know, three years ago, Jason Pierre-Paul. This is not ten-fingered Jason Pierre-Paul. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I went there. Um, uh, yeah, so I, I, I. But at the same time, this is not you know uh, a healthy Tyron Smith. So uh, that matchup Absolutely. is going to be c- critical. And I think you know Smith. I think Smith needs to have 
a bounce back game. This offensive line needs a bounce back game. You know, they need Absolutely. to they need to come back out here and prove that they can do what it's take to kind of continue this run into the playoffs and beyond. So uh, I think this is a big thing for their confidence at the very least. Um, and then on the second level, you know, I, I mean, Levante David is one of the best in the NFL, probably got screwed out of a linebacker spot. There's too many linebackers in the NFL that are good. That's, the, that's, yeah, a, that's a, the, But I mean, I think he was, you know, he's definitely someone who should have been considered for, you know, he's an all pro guy every year. He's considered that in that realm. You know, he, that's the level of play we should expect from him. Um, uh, but outside of that, they're, they're, the rest of the linebackers are just kind of nobodies. And and that's the thing that I think is the difference between the Cowboys' defense and this defense is that the Cowboys' – this defense has got about, you know, maybe three blue-chip players, right? Like, I mean, depending on whether and, – and I and that three could be, you know, it's McCoy and David and then maybe Vea this week and Nassib that week. You know, it's like – Right, right, right. It, it, I, I think at any, any given time they could have that, like, three probably, you know, blue players – Outside of that, you know, you talk about Jason Pierre-Paul, who he is, but then, like, the guys in the secondary and then the, the other linebackers, they're not great. Like, they're average at best, probably, and, and, and that's the difference between the Cowboys and this defense is that I think the Cowboys have that same number of probably blue-chip players, a one on every level at least, right? But then on top of right. that, the, the guys that are next to them are all pretty good, too, you know, or, or at the very least above average. Like the worst guys on the defense are probably above average players in the defensive defenders in the NFL, whereas I feel like there are several pretty big holes in this defense. Right, and the biggest is in the secondary. I mean, they have, man, one average player at best. Uh, let's just kind of go through their starters. Uh, Brent Grimes is their... I mean, I hesitate to even use the word best, but he's their better, best <laughs> cornerback. He is uh, still and from playing all, cornerback. <laughs> and and from all I reports, yeah. uh, I, I've talked to four different people that uh, cover Tampa Bay this week, and they all have said the same thing. He's just collecting a p- paycheck. Shows <sighs> up on Sunday, gives the least amount of effort possible to stay on the field, and picks up his paycheck at the end of the day. Uh, after after Brent Grimes, you have Javion Elliott, Ryan Smith, MJ Stewart, Carlson Davis is a, a rookie from Auburn, but he hasn't played much over the last couple of weeks. He should that be, cornerback though. situation I mean, is bad. Yeah, it's really bad. Uh, and all of these and, guys are just none of none of them are like you know standouts. None of them even have very much like pedigree. It's not like any of these guys. I mean, Brent Grimes was a player at one point years ago, but outside of him, who's you know now this vet who, like you said, is just collecting all these checks. They've got like they just don't have anything invested there, and I, and it's because that they've missed so hard on some of their draft picks, like uh, yeah. you know the kid from Florida a couple years ago, Hargraves, yeah, Hargraves, yep. and, and just like you know, so they've invested money and talent and you know picks here, but they've missed on them so hardcore, and now they're being forced to play these guys that they've just you know picked up on the street or through free agency uh, that are you know kind of less than, and, and it's really they're trying to just make do. And at safety, Justin Evans was their best safety, but he was put on IR this week, so he's obviously not going to play. Jordan Whitehead, a safety from Pittsburgh, has actually played pretty well this season. Yeah. Uh, and he's the only one that I consider average. Uh, they're going to be playing Isaiah Johnson, who is a pretty bad player. Chris Connie was uh, put on IR 
uh, earlier this year when he was stiff arm from Vance McDonald in week three or whatever that game was. Uh, they're play- Josh Shaw is a former cornerback from the Bengals who they're oh kind of trying to God. transition to safety. It, it's a pretty rough group back there. So, in my opinion, if Dallas can protect Prescott even at all in this game, I would think Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup and Cole Beasley are going to abuse these these defensive backs, right? Yeah, I mean, I think the idea is, you know, you get some max protect situations. You get some situations where you get, you know, spread things out and get things even so you, you know where everything's coming from. Uh, yeah, I mean, I feel good about Beasley, about Cooper, uh, and we've still been waiting for this Gallup breakout game. I think he's due, you know, and this this may be the game. So I think, you know, they they have what they need. And I'm I'm let's go ahead and say it now, Marcus. You throw in Schultz, you throw in Jarwin. Sure. These guys have been playing well these last few weeks, and I think th- there's a lot of there's a lot of mismatches for the talent on defense that Tampa Bay has, you know, they, it's, it's not exactly, uh, you know, a evenly matched group talent wise. And the Cowboys are not exactly considered to be one of the most you know talented offenses in football right now. I, I think, you know, they just need to get their offensive line healthy and let that can allow and healthy and playing well. I mean, because part of it, the issue is not just that, you know, Suofilo got hurt and, you know, Redmond playing. That's part of it, though. I think Redmond didn't play terrible. The part of the issue is that nah. there's been bad play. You know, like there's there's the the, the guys on the outside are, uh, have been playing bad, you know. And, and I think they need to just get their – Yes, I can't. I can't say what I want to say because, but I'm vacation landing, so uh, uh, they need to get they need to get it together, you know. Because, and I talked about it last week. It's like this is supposed to be the unit that's leading, you know, you into the play going into the season. This is supposed to be the unit that was going to lead you to the promised land. Now that we've reached the end of the season, it just needs to be not so much of a liability that it doesn't drag the whole thing down. And Absolutely. and that's where we are at this point, which is pretty amazing to think about. Last thing about the Cowboys offense against Tampa Bay's defense. What do you think presents a a bigger mismatch for the Cowboys? Going to more 11 personnel this week to hopefully get Vita Vea off the field or bringing in, you know, more tight ends to try to expose their safeties and lack of linebacker play this week. I don't know. I I, I think that I I, I think it's going to it's going to be something that they're going to figure out in game because they're going to have to see how they react to those personnel. I mean, this is very much personnel groupings. This is very much why they have uh, the scripting. You know, part of the reason that they have you know the scripts of the of the first few you know ten fifteen plays is you know they they want to get formations out there and see what the response is by the defensive coordinator to kind of get an idea of how they're going to try to okay, well, how did they solve this problem? The problem being how they're going to stop our tight ends or, you know, blah, 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 blah. And when, once you get that information, you'll, you can kind of go from there. But I, I honestly think, you know, you know, sometimes we can make those judgments just based on personnel, you know, pregame. And you can ask these questions and we could say, oh, well, clearly this is a bigger, you know, uh, d- advantage here because of the personnel. I, I really think it's, it, this is going to be dictated by how Tampa Bay plays it. I, I think that it's close is, I guess, what I'm getting at. It, the, there is going to be mismatches in 11 personnel, and I think there's also going to be mismatches in, in 12 personnel as well. Uh, and so I think it really is going to be hinging on, all right, well, who are they putting out there on Beasley? 
uh, you know, who, right. who, who are they, uh, what are they doing when we split out a, a tight end and we have a tight end uh, in line? Like, how are they, are they, are they leaving a linebacker on them? Or are they putting a safety on them? All, all those kind of, you know, it's, it's so close right now that I think the answer to your question is ultimately going to be dependent on, you know, what their, their solution is to trying to stop each uh, personnel grouping. All right, let's go ahead and make our predictions for this game. Uh, Cowboys, Tampa Bay, 1 p.m. Eastern time. Landon, who do you have winning? <clears throat> I have I have Dallas because I, I think that, you know, it, it, it's not terribly surprising that they lost this last game. I mean, it, it felt like the kind of game that if you're going to lose a late-season game uh, away against a non-conference opponent who has to win to stay in the playoffs or is trying to win to stay in the playoffs still – it, it, it you know it, it felt like there was a, a certain amount of that kind of pre momentum that was going for them going in. I, I think for if anything, this that game was so embarrassing for the Cowboys that it, they're now it's flipped. Right, they're playing at home against a, a Tampa Bay team that uh, you know really probably isn't isn't playing for much, um, and and so I think that Dallas is going to flip this around uh, and. I don't know that they're gonna that the score is gonna reflect a, a huge uh, you know blowout, but I feel like Dallas will probably uh, be in control of this game most of the game. Uh, so I'm gonna predict they win um, 28-21. This game makes me really really nervous. Um, I, I just have a feeling Tampa Bay is going to hang around in this game, and they're gonna make enough plays down the field where they're still in it in the fourth quarter. Now, I obviously, I think Dallas is the much better team here. I think they should win this game. They probably will win this game. There's just something in me that just makes me feel like this game is going to be, when it gets to be 3.50 p.m. on the East Coast, this game is still going to be you know up in the balance. Um, I'm going to pick Tampa Bay to upset the Cowboys 23-21. to it just it, again, just a just a weird feeling about this game. But hopefully, I'm wrong, and the Cowboys can wrap up the the NFC East. And by the next time we talk, we'll be wearing our NFC East champion hats. Um, that is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow Landon at McCoolBCB. You can follow the show at Locked On Cowboys, and I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. And we will see you guys next time.